0: Oh, hello, everyone. If everyone can hear me, that's, that's fantastic. Um, apparently, I'm live. We'll see if we are. Um, well, hey, hello, and welcome to the Super Rugby Round 18 review, brought to you by Driving Mall. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall. Your best place for predictions and opinion. Sorry, uh, it's all a few technical issues. It's all been fun and games. Um, hopefully, we are actually live. Um, apparently, uh, Stephen reckons we are. So um, that's all good. So I will uh, disconnect the Skype call with him and just actually just go through the, with the actual thingy-major. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, Steve will take you through all the games, I will react, and uh, that's kind of how we do things on a Monday night. So, hey, Steve, um, take it away.
1: Goodness me, that That was exciting, wasn't it? I, I had triple phone calls going, love it. Yes, hello again, everyone, welcome along. Uh, well, we, we, have one problem that
0: we don't have a picture of you, but apart from that, we're all good.
1: Oh, we don't? Oh, hang on. Okay, I can fix it as I go. Wait, wait, let's go. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's go. It's a camera problem. Anyway, I'll go through the first match and then I'll fix it. Anyway, it was Invercargill, wasn't it? The first game of the weekend where the Highlanders uh, did play the Waratahs and wasn't it glorious to have uh, rugby back in uh, Invercargill again? It's been a long time since we've had it down here and thankfully, at least be happy. It did not rain for this matchup. It was decent conditions in the cold, however, um, but um, it was good to have it back here down in Southland again. But the Highlanders... They had a simple equation, didn't they? If they had any chance to make it into the playoffs for this year, and it was to get a bonus point victory. And didn't they do it well? They had a great start to the game, scoring pretty much all through the first half, pulverizing the waratahs the first try come the way of josh mckay who jumped on a spilt ball showed great composure and um great clearness of head, i guess you call him to not do anything too exciting to start the try scoring for the highlanders then the dream start continued on from there Messi breakdown, homopo bolting away from halfway naholo gets him close and it was to lee busting two tackles getting a little bit of what we expect from him to make it 14 nil to the highlanders and then even better. It's still carried on. Full control, the Highlanders. And they got the bonus point in their grasp after just 20 minutes of the game. 19 phases of the line. And the big boy, Tom Franklin, finds a little gap. Well, a big gap for him, isn't it, to go through to make it 21-0. And then it got even better. A fourth try. Line out Maul. Gets a penalty to the pack close by. And a bullet pass to Naholo who bulldozes over the top of Adam Ashley Coupe and goes right under the stick to make it 28-0 after 25 minutes. Finally, a bit of bad news, the Waratahs uh, got a little bit of something back, getting a ruck turn over, cross-field kick to Curtis Rona, who holds up play pretty well, finds Wells, Newsom involved as well, and they score their first try of the matchup, but the game, you'd say it's just about already bolted from them at this point. The Highlanders got more tries going through a penalty try this time. Um, getting pressure, kick chase is what it was all about here. Tom Robinson earning a yellow card uh, for going straight in the side of, of their little line out drive, and that was him gone and a penalty try to boot as well. Heading towards halftime, to finish it in style, it was their sixth try of the half. Flatball to Ty Warden, bashes through a half gap and crawls over like a baby learning how to walk. Forty two points to seven. What a yeah, first half! To walk. For the Highlanders, he kind of was, just groveling his way through, wasn't he? <laughs> it's about the only way you can describe it. 42.7 it was at the break, and the Highlanders, well... They were home and hose with the bonus point already. And they played like it as well. It took over 30 minutes before finally we got some second half points. The Highlanders were happy to defend. They forced the Tars to make all the play. And um, it was an overlap out wide. And uh, a went for the intercept. Uh, the Tars got the numbers out there. And the good hands, you've got to commend them here. Good hands, quick play, slick play. And they got their second try of the game. But the Highlanders wanted to finish on a high for their faithful Invercargill supporters. And Rob Thompson uh, ranging sideways. Looking for a little gap. Um, a bit Damien McKenna. Like and then sniped a little hole straight through, showed his speed, and zapped in for the final say of this match. 49 points to 12. Highlanders absolutely thrashing the Waratars it was a great sight to see, Paul. Yes,
0: I, uh, I think yeah, you're very happy. We did post-match reaction this one, didn't we? Really think, happy. Was with you, wasn't it? I think. Yes, it was. Yeah, there we go. Um, it was now, yeah, very good game. Eh? Or very good game by the Highlanders, by the Highlanders. Hurricane, I mean the, the Waratahs, if you're not going to turn up with, with with half your team missing. This is the kind of thing that kind of that, that happens. I mean, the whole point of resting players this, season, this this year was to give players a break during the season, leaving it to the last game. I'm sorry, that's just bad management by... Um, uh, what's his name? Gives the a G, doesn't it? Gibson. There, Gibson, there we go. Uh, he wasn't the only one to do it, though. I mean, the Blues did it as well. The Blues um, rested Rico Wani, I think, or, or somebody... Uh, no, he played. Um, they rested somebody for the last game of the season. You know, what is the point? The whole point of resting is you breaking up your people breaks during the season, not at the end. Guys get your management right um, start thinking about the players stop playing the top playing games uh, around having your best team out but yeah this one um, as you can see on my notes half time notes after half time notes i mean really was a total joke um I only wrote three two like three lines um about the second half because the game was already gone it was uh, and uh, it, it was all all over rover um, as they say so yeah great great play by the Highlanders. Waratars, uh, as um, someone said in the chat there haven't played, haven't played any, any good rugby in a month, um, and uh, they they didn't even turn with their full team. So basically, what we kind of expected. I thought the the Highlanders would get the bonus point. They did. Um, well done to them. They're into the finals.
1: Yeah, at this point, though, they didn't know if they would be in the finals, obviously. They had to get that bonus point to have a chance. So much had to happen, um, not only in Australia with the Chiefs and, of course, in South Africa um, with the Bulls and and then the Sharks as well, the Stormers and everyone in the Lions involved. It was a lot to go under the bridge before this one got underway. But I agree with Andre. Good on you, Andre. Rob Thompson. Love it. Love Rob (laughs) Thompson, man. Get that guy a black jersey. He is one of the best players, underrated players in New Zealand rugby. So great to see him have another great game, another great season. He just keeps on performing. So awesome. What I found really interesting about this game, quickly before we move on, was the number 10 battle. Um, Mac Mason and Josh Uani, same age and kind of same progress up to the Super Rugby point where Josh Uani has significantly improved and Mac Mason's gone sitting there right behind Bernard Foley. So, uh, well, Australian well,
0: rugby. Mac Mason's not had any chances. I mean, he's given the opportunity to grow. Umani's been exactly. given the opportunity. he's had to be, I thought, is that all the play? uh and and, it, and his plays improved because of it he's had some shockers um just like That's matt mason's shocking. been having so the uh matt mason just needs more opportunities he needs to move move franchises
1: that, that was my point in in their whole statement is that australian rugby isn't is, is it the franchises whatever it is not giving these young guys the chances to to grow Oh, really and, and not what like you're getting uh guys like you Arnie's getting it and is just going in leaps and bounds, isn't he? Yes, you get the bad, you get the good with it as well. So big difference there for me on that one. Moving on though, we went over uh, to Melbourne where the Rebels were up against the Chiefs and the same situation really, wasn't it? As the um, Highlanders game, uh, Chiefs needed bonus points, the Rebels needed to win and uh, what we got was, well, was it surprising? I don't know if I really call it surprising. The Rebels have been woeful at the post end of the season and it uh, didn't end here either as straight pretty much 13 minutes into the game, it was something special. They got the scoreboard underway. A uh, kick reply from the man, a former rebel, Jack Debrasini who found the inform number nine in Brad Weber Support from the big boys, Tal Val and Sam Kane. He goes under the sticks, untouched. And it was a great start for the Chiefs' confidence building, and it led them nicely to the rest of the game. A charge-down kick from uh, Cooper found an easy runaway try for Stevenson, who started off a very good performance by him um, for the night. The Rebels, their kicking was just giving points away to the Chiefs here, and they were just scoring everything of errors from the Rebels. The Chiefs were the bonus point on the scoreboard for a try created by another Rebels error. Um, simple things like passing and catching in the back line were being made to make very, very difficult Uh, For the Rebels and the ball bobbles on the ground from another bad pass and who else but Stevenson yet again onto it like a flash goes all the way just to the line before he offloads to Boschier who has just enough to flop over the line and score another Chiefs try. Went to the halftime break at 21 points to three. The Chiefs in control of this one, probably more so on the ground than they were on the actual scoreboard. Uh, they kicked off the second half like the first ended. However, a fantastic break gets him on the front foot. More Rebels' errors gives him another chance. Goes out wide to Wainui. He crashes over, and then we got more points um, for the Chiefs. And again, another try. Kick return. Uh, Sui Kula was um, the man involved offloading in the tackle to the sen- sensational Anton Leonard Brown. Um, and he deserved a try. Gets it from a standing start, and he deserves everything he gets from this match. He's been great for the Chiefs who so have been struggling. Brad Weber continued his fine form, sparking a little run off the base of a ruck. He He squashed Tomua, um, which would have been very pleasing for him. Cut the line, played a beautiful ball to Debrisini He went under the sticks, and it was 47 points to three at that point. And then it was decided that the Rebels might actually play. It was the number eight, Ethan Sarani, who kicked. And I question why he even kicked, but it bounced rather fortuitously uh, for the Rebels. And they attacked down the left edge, five or six players on hand to score it. But it was Matt Phillip who threw a great dummy, almost uh, Brady Retellick-esque, uh, to score a try for the Rebels. The 50 come up for the Chiefs. Um, sad part is, though, it was from a Rebels set scrum. They can't even manage a simple play uh, to kick a ball away. Uh, they drop it. McKenzie kicks it ahead and slides in it for a try. 54-8. And then the proud moment for uh, Stevenson. A ruck turnover for the Chiefs. Punts it ahead. No one's at home. And foot race, foot race with four Chiefs players onto one Rebels defender, and uh, Stevenson takes on Dane Haylett-Petty, squashes him, and then plants the ball in the corner. And it was a, just a thrashing uh, for the Chiefs, who destroyed uh, the Rebels. And I mean, they had to get a bonus point to, no, they had to get a win to get in the top eight. That's all they had to do. They couldn't even get close, could they?
0: No, they couldn't. Um, I mean, a lot of people are saying that they've that they've fallen off the edge of a cliff, and they've been they've been um, awful the second half of the season. Uh, so I actually went and looked at the results. Now, opening game, what well, they beat the Brumbies, they then beat a weakened Highlander side at home, they then beat the Brumbies. Um, and that was their first three games. After that, they've won four games, two against the Sunwolves and two against the Reds. So two against 14th place and two against 15th place. I mean, they haven't fallen off a cliff, they've just been poor since the beginning of the season, to be honest. Uh and we've just we just all got carried away by the fact they had 12 points in the bank. From the first three games and went, look, they're at the top of the table, they're doing really well. Uh, but no, they've just been oh, they just they really haven't um, picked it up and there are some serious issues off the pitch for the rebels. I don't know what they are. Uh, but it's not just the fact they keep basically changing their team every year.
1: Yeah, they they got smashed, and they? 59 eight, 51 <laughs> yep. point thrashing. It's not looking good for them, is it? I mean, I
0: mean the team that's that talking about, hey, the they're gonna win the Australia Conference. Uh
1: like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the same old story, isn't it, for the Rebels? I mean, this happened, what, years now, where they've actually shown a bit of promise, and then just, yeah, not not done enough, and like I say, beating teams are down the bottom of the table to keep themselves slightly afloat, keeping them in that sort of race still, but uh, when they come to the big big boys in the fight there, they certainly weren't in the action at all, yeah. and a thrashing, and then you go, the Chiefs put themselves in the playoffs with that win as well, so oh, by this oh, point, oh. win, put them straight in. Um, I was a
0: bit surprised by this. I was impressed by the Chiefs on this one. Um, I wasn't expecting them to pick up the bonus point, but hey, they, uh, they they did the biz.
1: I mean, what does it say about the Crusaders? Like <laughs> they beat them sixty-six 0 Does it make it less impressive now that Chiefs have done it fifty-nine-eight, and it was away as well?
0: There you uh, go. Yeah, the Crusaders haven't had a good game in you know in over a month now. Then even that
1: six sixty-six nil. It's not a good game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no no no! You, you know what I mean because the Crusaders, what they've had two draws. Um, that lost the Chiefs uh, in their last five games. Um, they've had that also. That, yeah, that that runaway win against the, against the Rebels, who just we've just been shown awful. awful. Um, so the, the, the only game that the, the only decent game they've had was it Bulls they beat, I think, or was it Oratars in the middle there? I've gone blank now. Um, but the, yeah, the Crusaders had that one win, and you, so yeah, gotta say the Crusaders are coming into the finals on some uh, pretty poor form.
1: But they're well rested, aren't they? They're nice and snoozy at home and they're cuddly little blankets and they'll be ready to go. Um, Undercooked. For... Undercooked. Undercooked. Well, I mean, if, if there's ever a team to uh, be the ultimate underdog, it is the Highlanders, isn't it? They they <laughs> revel in, in that opportunity. But we'll move on to our third match of the weekend. The haguares up against the Sunwolves. Our, these guys had already well, they'd already cemented their home quarter final spot, but it was a bit of a decision whether they were going to be second or third on the ladder, and a win here would have cemented that number two spot for them. And the Sunwolves, to their credit, did hold their own in the opening 10 minutes of it, but eventually uh, the Haguares got their dominance, and after 10 minutes, it was Lozana breaking the line and finding speeds to Carreras out wide to finish the job. They continued on from there, though, the Haguaris, Um A long period, but it was uh, against the run of play for the Sunwolves. A knock-on bounces again for Childersley, for the Sunwolves, and Van de launches on attack, and this was a great try, chipping over top of Miotti, regathering by his fingers, and a really awkward bounce, and that opened up the Sunwolves account, and they were holding their own still at this point on the scoreboard as well. They were really starting to gain some incentive of, of the game, and just as they were opening it up, an intercept try uh, for cancellere just jolted the Sunwolves at that point, point. Um, they were really looking hot, the Sunwolves, and it went back the other way. And that 50-50 play pays off for the Hagwaires again. But the Sunwolves don't lie down from that. A gift of a penalty puts them in an attacking position in the 22. They launch a good series of phases. And then Masuhashi with a cracker of an offload. Who else but your favorite, Masueva, who crashes over for his first try of the night? Later on, though, it was Masareira in the action once again, he played the lottery. It didn't pay off for him this time. A four-on-one overlap. Uh, he tries to intercept and slaps it down. And of course, we all know that gets you in a lot of trouble if you slap down overlaps like that. Little choice, the referee to um throw the yellow card and give away a penalty try. And um that put the Hug in a commanding position. It was 14-10 just before that happened. It was right on halftime. Made it 21 points to 10, the Hug worries. Just that little bit of difference there getting into the second half. Right off the kickoff, though, the Hagawai has launched a a destructive line-out ball that bulldozed over. He's just the one defender that the Sunnels actually put into that ball, and Matorja slips off the side of it, and without anyone in his way, extends the lead. Now, this is where this game got a little bit sticky. It got a little bit weird, and it got a little bit confusing, as both the Sunnels' hookers got injured, meaning uncontested scrums, and them really being completely oblivious as to who actually had to go off the field at this point. A lot of confusion. No one knew what was going on at this point in it. Really, the game almost stopped to a halt as they tried to decide what they were going to do. They did carry on, though, in the Hug worries. Obviously, at this point, they didn't have to worry about the set piece. They had a man advantage as well, because at that point, they still had the yellow card as well. So they were down to 13 men um, for some of this period. They brought up the bonus point try. A big pity, busting through Booth's tackle and going on a rampaging run. Being dragged down, but a good little off to Malia to score another try for the Hug worries. And then it kind of blew out with 20 minutes to go. The extra man really costing uh, the Sunnels. Cancelero down the right hand, flying Matthias Moroni, who'd just come on the field and he gobbled it up with his first touch of the matchup. Another one was dropped and uh, off the bench again was Desio this time, who made his impact, found uh, too much room out wide. And when they get him behind uh, the Jaguars, they support their ball runner very, very well, and that proved the chance there um, with that support play. Canceleri had another one in. Uh, the Hug breaking from their own 22. Space out wide once again. They get them behind. That man overlap is just too much, and the wheels from the outside backs were far too quick. It did blow out a lot, 52-10. But I guess playing with 13 men, it really does hurt.
0: Yeah, playing a man down for the whole of the second half really doesn't help at all, does it? Um, but the... Uh, Twelve changes for the Haguaires going into this one, plus I think a late, late injury change as well, which basically, yeah, which explains why we had a lot of uh, um, issues for the for the Haguaris in that first half. They took a while to get their game uh, for the game to click. Lots of errors, we, um, lots of just little things weren't quite going their way. They could have uh, the score could have racked up much quicker in that first half if they had been. But yeah, they've been dominant. They've got themselves, they've uh, well and truly got themselves in second place and uh, home advantage all the way to the final. Well, until the final.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's what we talked about in the preview, isn't it? This Taguero side, oh, the squad has such depth, such amazing group of players. I feel they can make 10 changes, they can make 12 changes, they can make 8 changes, it doesn't matter because they have such like-for-like um, quality in that team and experience that they can just keep everyone fresh, everyone's playing 100, uh, and they've just got that, everything covered. And I think squad, squad-wise over a whole team, they've got to be, if not the best in in the competition at the moment so they're looking tops and they look yeah they're gonna be hard very hard uh, to stop as well and they'll be um, going up against seventh will won't they? they finished second place so they should be the Chiefs heading over there to face them and that was decided at that point obviously with the Chiefs in the playoffs and hardware taking that second place as well yep
0: yeah, they, so, yeah, the Chiefs have uh, obviously had to get an aeroplane and fly for a day to get over there now. Um, and it's also they're playing on a Friday night in Argentina. So, yeah, they've given basically whoever comes over as short a time as possible to uh, to cope with the travel. unfortunately.
1: I mean, Friday night games in Argentina. Brilliant. More, please. <laughs> Sunday games. Terrible idea um, because I can't watch them. Uh, live anyway so so more friday night games please um over in argentina would be great even south africa as well jump on board with that uh i like it moving on anyway moving on here we here we go paul this this one's just for you hurricanes versus blues <laughs> oh dear let's go let's no you want to be here for the first half right You because it was a great start um for the blues and now were are all the territory, and they get all the points on offer, and they grabbed the first try of the game through Ataula, who got a nice delayed pass from Ortey Black, and the Blues were first on the scoreboard. They got another this time, Clark, a scrum set piece, simple play, plenty of runners, great line, and a superb finish for the Blues, who doubled their lead. But. The Hurricanes did hit back, though. Uh, Talala breaking the tackle down the right-hand side and support from an impressive, I must say, Umanga Jensen running onto it to score his first of the night as well. Halftime was about to ring, and the Blues getting another good spot here for attacking rugby. Ariko Iwani doing the hard work, but the forwards um, playing it out wide and some hot feet from Milani Nanai got the Blues up to 24 points to five over the Hurricanes at halftime. Now, Paul, tell me, what were you thinking at this point?
0: I was thinking uh, at this point. I, I, I actually messaged um, Stephen, uh, who obviously is on, on the show quite often, uh, at halftime, saying, um, "Is is it worth backing the Hurricanes at this point? What are the odds at the TAB?" <laughs> um, and uh, and he took them. Um, so I think, I think they were playing something like four dollars, or, or I can't remember, actually. I'll probably look it up in a second, but yeah, they were pay, pay, paying long long odds, and uh, yeah, he picked up a nice a nice uh, a nice tidy tidy sum. And as I say, yeah, yeah, even uh, yeah, even as you say, four, five, twenty-four ahead. Uh, my question at half time was, oh, is this when you is this when you put some money on the hurricanes because of the second half comeback? Even with, I mean, we're talking about players here, right? Um, so uh, uh, Tulua, who 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 served Jensen for that um, for that try, has played four games for Hawke's Bay. He's played four games at NPC level. Had thirteen minutes of time at Super Rugby level. And he's playing as good or better or, 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 or matching it with Sonny Bill Williams. Wow. Um You've got um Manga Jensen. Again, hardly played any time at Super Rugby, an outside centre, doing the same thing with um TJ Um So, uh, look, it's not like the Hurricanes came in with a top-notch side um, and still the Blues bottled it. I mean, just threw the game away.
1: Yep, and I've uh, nicknamed the players in the Hurricanes uh, the Hyphen Brothers um, for the remainder of this one because it was all about the hyphens for the rest of this game. Um, straight into the second spell, it was Garden Baship who started all off, a perfectly way to kick. I tried to put Fletcher Smith in there, but it quite doesn't work. Um, but the two number 10s combined uh, to kick off the second half of the try to the Canes. And then I've got here, uh-oh, Blues. The Canes are in again. Yeah, the chip kick was working magic. And the hyphens, well, they were combining once again. Garden Baship, he was involved. Fletcher Smith, this is why I tried to get him involved. But it was a hyphen start, a hyphen finish. Walker Leareri, who scored at 24-19. The hyphen boys were getting it done for the Canes. They were within five. They tied it up with a super strong Fidel run and an offload that put Sonny Bill Williams to shame. And then it was that man we spoke of earlier, Umanga Jensen. We went at under the sticks. Um, and with the conversion nailed, they took the lead. And they played it out as well, getting a little penalty towards the end to make it 29 24. But Blues, horrible, wasteful. Goodness me, they're in trouble.
0: Um, yeah, they are. Uh, I mean, we've got a I mean, Unbiased Rugby is saying in the chat, saying, Do you think the Blues are getting better? So, a positive season. It's hard to see where the improvement is. Look, they were up 5 um, 21 over the Reds and lost the game 29 28. They were up this game 5-24, and lost the game twenty nine twenty four. It's just yeah, they, they just can't win away from home, and they've got to pick up at least one away win. Um, I mean, Blue Sports for Life uh, Paul on there has been was putting out positives like yeah, we have got to win against the uh, against the New Zealand opposition in the Highlanders, and um, they did the same thing against the beat the Chiefs as well the first time in Goop for ages. Um, they did put four wins back to back at home um so look there are positives there negatives they still can't win away from home and they still bottle big games they don't know how to win uh and there is you, you've, you've got to say there are some there's there's some issues around that squad um but because uh, they just they, they, they just they, they shouldn't be this bad
1: there's a lot of talk this week about the, the departures that the Blues are going to be suffering you think getting rid of that old guys Bring, just, just getting the fresh blood in there is going to help them, or they think they need those experienced guys around.
0: I mean, you do need some experienced guys around, but do you? But you need the right experience around, don't you? You need a winning experience. And let's be honest, there's an awful lot of losing experience in there. Um, so you, yeah, you need guys who have got the right attitude at training, um, who will lead by yeah, good a good example off the pitch. Uh, and um, it's interesting that you that they've gone and re-signed um, Parsons, um, which seemed like a strange one because. Yeah, let's be okay. He has been on the fringes of all blacks squads, but that was years ago. Um, So, uh, there's, and I mean, Andre says they need to, they need to create a little more experience in the key positions. And if they don't get bone and at 10, they're still going to have a 9 10 access problem um, where they've just got no experience in either position. Uh, And that's, uh, so both of them can't, um, uh, both of them can't win. Joshua, what are the away win stats? Uh, The away win stats, the Blues are they lost every single game. So, zero from eight. Because they play eight games away, don't they? Um, so uh, yeah, I don't even have to go and look at the up. up- I just know they didn't win near them. Um, so the yeah, the, the next season they're going to have inexperienced nine and ten if they, um, whoever it is, because Bowden Barrett will be taking a uh, will be taking a sabbatical anyway, even if they do bring him up. Um, but uh, yeah, without that 9-10, losing any all their experience at twelve as well, uh, because Nanu and Sonny Bill are expected to go. Um, so who's going to run that back line? Uh, and yeah, you, we it's 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 a real, it's gonna be a real problem for them.
1: It's back to the future for the Blues, eh? It's gonna be <laughs> 2017 and 18 all over again. Oh, well, we'll talk about them next year anyway. Moving on, <laughs> moving on. We'll, we'll take we'll take this good chance but, of a okay, great actually, high
0: for, for the Hurricanes one, mm. we just, just Rams against the Blues and we do because hey, look, I've got my yeah. Blues, my new Blues jersey on. Um, but let's we should, should give I mean, Hurricanes, well done, great win for them. Uh, exactly what they, uh, well, they didn't really need a good win um but um it shows they've got a good they've got good systems in place that a lot of the players know well uh that they that they can that they can learn on the training paddock and can put into action on the pitch uh, we've seen that with 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 any experienced sense pairing um they also cope well with injuries we had eye surveyor out in the wing um in the uh, towards for the last what 10 20 minutes or so so even there, they managed to deal with with injuries well uh, with players out of position. So no, great play. Well done to the Hurricanes. Rested a lot of players as well. Um, should be feeling good going into the finals.
1: And that's how you build depth, um, which a lot of other teams could take a, a little note from, especially um, across the ditch as well. Um, we are about halfway through. So uh, halftime what? team talk, anyone? Halftime team so- talk?
0: Halftime team talk, everybody. Uh, yes, we'll be back tomorrow night with the uh, hash rugby chat. Obviously, uh, myself and Herman will be sorry, Herman and Michael will be joining me for that one, and, and then black black back for the All Blacks um, edition on Wednesday night over on the All Blacks edition channel um, as well with with Herman and Michael again. So uh, join me for both of those, um, and then uh, the Thursday preview. Um, we'll have to see. Might be uh, might be Stephen. Might be uh, might be uh, Ryan. Might be someone else. Who knows? We we'll have to sorry. Might be Steve, not Stephen. Um, we're, 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 we're discussing options um, for that one, um, and uh, yeah, do do. Thank you for watching. Do hit all those likes and subscribes. All those things are lovely. Thank you.
1: Bye. Bye. You don't go anywhere. We've got still, still, oh, we oh, still oh, still three games to go. Hang on, hang on. And, it's <laughs> you just, on. just get rid of that blue shirt. The, the the sad part of the uh, the video is over. So we'll move on uh, across to the uh, Brumbies versus the Reds um, for our next match of the weekend and. Um, the Brumbies were done. They were safe, weren't they? They were in the uh, top three, so they, obviously with the Huguerres winning, they didn't have anything to really battle for, apart from, obviously, uh, Derby Pride against the Reds, but it was the Reds that struck first, and it was their try-scoring machine, Bryce Higgety, who thought would ever say that, uh, who spun over from close range um, when the Brumbies' defense was caught short uh, at the back from a kick. Then, what, this, this, this spun me straight away in this matchup, an intercept, no, not an intercept try, it was pulled back um, for the shoulder from Tupou. Get some yellow card. Now, we'll get your thoughts on it at the end, I guess, but personally, nah. I'm not having any of that one at all, um, but I'm sure we'll talk about that one further on after the game. But um, to no surprise, of course, the man in the bin, it was the Brumbies who took full, full toll of it. Neil squirts over and the match had already been tainted by the cards. A five-minute scrum for the Brumbies was too big of a chance for their pack and they demolished the Reds, completely disintegrated, and Brumbies... Pack just uh, walked over pretty much without anyone in their way, and McCaffrey grabbed the try for the Brumbies. Angus Cardin's name, was under serious threat here as uh, Scott Hingebotham was sent to the bin um, just before halftime, collapsing the Brumbies more. A penalty try was awarded, and Hingebotham was sent on his way, and it made a pointless game even more pointless. Went to a halftime break at 19 points to 10. The Brumbies in the lead, and the yellow cards really were killing the reds in this one, the Brumbies dotted it down twice in quick succession, Rory Arnold gets um, over just minutes into the second half, a a strong tussle by the lock to charge over, and then intercept to Tom Wright, an easy run to the line, and the game is, well, it's long over by this point, but it's even more dead and buried as we went on, remember Garn put a high load into the second half, it wasn't a try, it wasn't a, a conversion, it wasn't anything flashy, it was a drop goal, Massively pointless, like has been the theory of this whole game. But man, that was a super nice kick. And that was my highlight of this matchup. John Campbell had a good game, I thought, for the Reds. And he split the Brummies' defence... In half to breathe some life into his team. Duncan Payawa in support to finish with a try. But the Brumbies are put an end to that with the big boys are charging through. Douglas bashing over with some short forwards plays to get things back to normal for the Brumbies. The penalties pushed the Reds back into more attacking areas and they went to their pack this time. Liam Wright pushing a couple of defenders away to put the Reds in for another try. 40 points to 27. Ah, the Brumbies win. It was a bit of a non-event. I don't even know if the players really cared that much of that one.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of what you said about the Blues, would probably say about the Reds as well. Um, <laughs> to be honest, they, another team—they're losing Karevi, so <laughs> hello. What team have you got next year, guys? Because yeah. he's a big guy around them. He's—he's he's a captain. He's a leader on, on the pitch. So yeah, it's going to be—it's oh, going to be a, a be, be a mess. But um, the uh, yeah, you, uh, yeah, Reds have been a mess. Brumbies looking pretty good. Um, they've—they've got they—they they obviously start the season slowly. But have built up um, and got their form good at the right time of the year. Uh, they could cause um, some. that could cause. I think it's what the sharks have got this time. Is it sharks? Yeah, uh, yeah, sharks. Um, <laughs> they could call the sharks. Good. A couple of. De- they definitely uh, should feel confident going up against the sharks. Uh, so yes, I know they they are looking. They're looking good. And you say yeah, uh, another pointless game. I and mean, every game up until this point has been a blowout uh, in this one. Um, I, I kind of gave up soon after half time to be honest. Uh, same as they with the Chiefs and Rebels, by the way. Um, Check out Two Cents' uh, channel because he does watch—he does uh, watch uh, watching videos where he's, he's live watching um, streaming. So they they were good; uh, they'd be good for good chat. So, um, so yeah, the Reds, yeah, again, rebuilding again next year, <laughs> just like the Blues are going to be rebuilding again. Um, and uh, the uh, the is showing you that actually, look, if you get systems in place, if you hire guys for those systems, um, then you're going to end up with the with, with the gameplay that can work.
1: You talk about them losing Karevi, um, which is, is going to be a big blow for, for the Reds, obviously. But Lelia Fano departing uh, for the Brumbies, um, just gone through uh, today, I think, it was officially announced. Um, big loss for them as well, um, heading into it. But. Thoughts on the, the yellow card to Tupo at the start of the Oh, sorry, yeah.
0: Um, so initially, you look at it and go, "Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, that's a card. Um, and mm. I think that was what was part of it. It looked bad, right? Uh, he was a, He's a big boy, and he hit with some force, uh, and yet that was a nasty tackle. Um, then you look at it and go, actually, he did wrap his hands. Uh, initially, you look at it and think, oh, that's shoulder charge, but <laughs> he's off. And then you go, well, actually, he's wrapped his hands. So, I, I, mm, oh, actually, what's technically wrong with this? And you look at it and just go through it and go, yeah. Is he high? It's, it's, it's high. It's, he's up. Um, but it is onto the shoulder. It's not on the head or the neck. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think that, um, yeah, could, I mean, Jeffrey's like, he could have gone lower. You can always <laughs> go lower. It doesn't matter where you hit the, unless you're getting right around the ankles, you can always go lower. Um, so yes, he could have gone lower, uh, but it was a bit nasty. And um, I thought, uh, yeah. And, and, It it looked bad, and that's why he got the card rather than he technically did anything particularly bad.
1: There's a flip side to that, though. As you say, could go lower. Um, I think it was RJ Snyman, um, that got sent off for going too low, um, a couple games later. So,
0: too low with no arms that was the difference, right? That was that's what you call a grass cutter, which for sure.
1: So, um, he's saying too high, too low. I mean, it's, it's you know. It's getting a bit silly, isn't
0: it? Yeah, well, <laughs> and I mean, yeah I- it comes not to whether he was using his arms or not. And it actually, hmm. on replay, he was. Uh, initially, it looks like he's not because he hits the guy so hard. Um, uh, and it is, is—it's. It, oh, I would, yeah, I'd be in hospital after that, <laughs> if he did that for me, put bluntly, if, if I was alive. I mean, that was that was a serious, serious hit. I mean, having had back operations, he could easily, yeah, I'd, I'd be mangled. But um, no, I mean, the fact that Leifano got back up again was a miracle. Um, and that was, yeah, that was a big hit.
1: It was a good tackle. A good tackle. I think he's half done by there on that one. Mm. Um, yes, but enough said about that. Let's move on. Uh, we've got a couple of games left to go. So, at least crack it. Stormers uh, up against the Sharks. And, well, there wasn't too much to really speak of about this one. Uh, the first half largely dominated uh, by the Stormers in terms of opportunities. It was a high paced game, it was a high action game. Um, but the game seemed to be played at almost a pace too high. Uh, for the players to really continue, and they're lacking a bit of composure to really get away with the game plan they're executing. The Stormers, though, did open up the points with a penalty after 25 minutes. And just like it looked, just when it looked like they were going to crash that uh, lead, open up to 10 points right on the Sharks line, a lucky intercept, if you could call it that. Rhino Smith kind of uh, jumping, um, fly kicking the ball uh, from a pass, um, hacks it away, um, opened it up, gets the bounce, and Rockets Way 100 metres to score. Uh, for the Sharks and completely uh, against the run of play for what was pretty much the only highlights of the first half. And Manami did get sent to the bin um, just for at the about the half an hour mark for uh, going in, to, uh, in with the forearm at the neck. So poof, a bit of that for the defender, which is a bit of an odd way to get it out of the card. We went to the break at five points to three. The Sharks in the lead by a slenderest of margins. The high-intensity defence, though, almost got the Sharks in a little bit of a trouble with the tip tackle, but it only resulted in a penalty. Some may have given that one as a yellow, but it put the Stormers back in front 6 points to 5. Quickly like that, though, we're into the final 10 minutes, and the Stormers bomb a big try from a forward pass, but get a penalty, and that makes it 9 points to 5, and just when it looked like that would be all she wrote, time was up, it was all bit over, and there was... One phase left to play, and it seemed unlikely with the fact we've only had one try in the whole match so far, but the Sharks, they created a miracle. The worst defense probably of the night, as it was, Lacanio arm out wide by himself, cutting back in off the left wing, leaves the defenders sprawling all around the floor, and he stole it. He absolutely stole it for the Sharks. 12 points to nine, uh, a fairy tale finish, one could say, as they cemented their uh, finals place with that try.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I stayed up and watched this one and did a live, um, did a did 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 a live live stream for this one, and I did four hours straight. I did this game and the next game, um, and I woke up the next day thinking the Storms had won. Um, <laughs> I even wrote an article <laughs> on my Patreon site saying the Storms had won, and it wasn't well. It wasn't until I went and checked my um, TAB account, and I went back, and went, oh, they didn't. Hang on, what's going on here? Um, so I had to go <laughs> and rewrite it. So, yeah, I must have been very tired, but um, this one. They actually decided to to um to tackle and I know that uh, unbiased Robbie's put stormers versus sharks not the greatest game. No, maybe not, but the tackling was up in the high eighties, whereas in a lot of these other games it was down in the seventies in and lower at times. Um tackling was optional in a quite a few games this weekend, but not in this one. The two the two um the, the the yeah, the defenses turned up, they tackled their hearts out and basically, yeah, and the defenses really couldn't so the attacks just couldn't get through it all. Uh and um yeah, it's, uh, it, it happened, but um, it wasn't as bad a game, I think, as everyone's making out. Uh, just Yeah, the the attacks were just, enough, they were just... Yeah, just couldn't get through the defences.
1: Yeah, I thought it was quite... Like, like I said at the start there, it was quite a creative game. A lot mm. of half chances, a lot of semi-breaks, uh, a lot was created, but you know, you put it down to the defense, like you said that, the fact that they weren't actually converted into tries because the defense covered well, uh, made their tackles and did the right things to turn the ball back over. So, yeah, I mean, isn't it remarkable? A game that has so much riding on it, not only for these two teams, but the whole the whole top eight. Well, okay, the second half of the top eight. So much riding on it goes right to the wire like that to have an 80, second, 80, third minute try, whatever it was, to, to change the result, completely mix it up. It just... A uh, picture perfect, isn't it, for uh, super rugby as a whole as to how the competition is, has played out at the end?
0: Yeah, perfect. I, yeah, it was, it was, it, 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 it all works kind of a, as a script writer would want it to go, wasn't it? I mean, um, Rugby, against it's just big, big ball carriers. Yep, no contesting at the breakdown. Very strange. Super rugby, it wasn't, yeah, it was get men up, get in the line. Um, yeah, you're right, there wasn't much contesting at the breakdown, uh, but there was just, yeah, just lots of players always in a line, uh, trusting their inside and outside tacklers. Uh, and making their tackles, uh, whereas as I say in a lot of other games, teams were not making their first up tackles, and that just led to some chaos. Am um, is a special player for Unbiased Rugby. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, good player. Definitely, uh, definitely, he's got to be putting his hand up for the uh, the bokies. I thought.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'm a, a big fan of Lacanio Arm as well. I think he's a definitely a big talent for uh, the Springboks uh, this year as well. But um, it's weird, isn't it? You go through those first few games, 49 points, 50, yeah. 50 odd points, big big thrashings, and then 12-9. It's like what? What, what happened there? Um, but yeah, I mean,
0: it was not track for being the lowest aggregate score in a game until that last minute try. I think it was all second lowest. It was gonna be one of the lowest ever scoring uh, Super Rugby games.
1: Crazy. Just crazy after the weekend you had so far. Goodness me. We'll move on. And uh, business resumed, you could say, as we went into our final game, which was the Bulls versus uh, the Lions. And it was a rocket of a start, too, for the visiting team. Um, Deontay breaking right off the kickoff. The the game started and he's away. And he found his his big man, Diamani, another similar name, in support and just about as quick and capped off an incredible start for the Lions who would be more than chuffed with how that one got underway for them. But sadly, uh, for the visiting team, that was their only real joy of the half as the Bulls uh, from there took over. Hanrao Levenberg uh, a, smashes a ruck in a quick, a quick, sneaky tap. Try saying that 10 times fast. Just three minutes later, dots down for the Bulls. Then we see one of the greatest set-piece tries you'll see in a long time. Off the line out to a big pile of forwards, stacked in at first receiver that construct almost like a man-made building of a mall and drive 10 metres to score, then starting with the try. I think that was a really clever player. Maybe they should have kept that one um, for the quarterfinals because that was a real smart play to have all those guys stacked up there um, for the Bulls. But then we've seen something special once again. It was Andres Kutzea with the second drop goal of the weekend. Now tell me what on earth is going on with that. We've hardly seen droppies all season long. And then we get two in the final weekend. Kubaka continued on the dominance uh, for the Bulls with their third try, and uh, that was 60 minutes out. Great work from Speckman and Ondal to finish it off, but uh, an all-round team try from a long way up there for the Bulls. The both sides grabbed a, a wee stack of penalties in the last 15 minutes of the half to put it out to 31 points to 19 um, the Bulls leading the charge for the halftime break. Then it's the yellow car we talked about before. RJ Steinman, it was him that was sent to the bin for the dangerous tackle. Yes, Paul's really covered that one. Uh, a bit too low, chopping him off, no arms. And he's off for 10 minutes as well. The Lions pack, though, uh, took it up from there. And with advantage on their side, Brink at the back of the line out. Drove over, but the Bulls, not to be outdone. And it, it's a brilliant try, you talk about players who you like to see do well. Cornell Hendricks is definitely one of those guys. A solo piece of brilliance. No one was stopping him there. He was just carving his way through. And then Pollard showed us he's not all boot. And he put a little bit of a power play on to charge between two defenders to score a close-by try before setting one up for Manning LeBoc to seal the deal. The Bulls look good, but um, hopefully wherever they play next is not a little truck for the tee for uh, Mr. Pollard.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the, um, the Bulls ran out to ran out to a good old lead, what thirty one thirteen. But the Lions did well to come back and get it to thirty one twenty seven. But then it all just uh, fell apart after that. Um, they only needed the bonus point. <laughs> in the uh, and and they they even couldn't keep it that close. Um, there were a whole bunch of people saying all oh, conspiracy theories. Hey, two South African sides. Will they com- will, will they collaborate to make sure they both get get through? And it's like no, these two. No, 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 no. This, this is a rivalry that goes back way, way, way long time because these two have uh, way before... I mean, the, these two provinces have been playing each other for, what, over 100 years, I've thought. Um, they are just each, each side of a the river. They're, they're right next door to each other, very close. Um, yeah, big, uh, big, big rivalry. There's no, no chance it was ever going to be a uh, kind of uh, giving each, giving anything to each other. Uh, and we saw that on the pitch and wonderful game. Um, the, this This is going to be the biggest rivalry or the biggest derby in Super Rugby, I think, uh, it's the closest one, and therefore longest standing. Uh, yeah, this, this is one of one, I'd actually like to be in the stadium for. I think the atmosphere would have been great.
1: Oh, yeah. atmosphere would have been amazing, yeah. It would have been great. Um, we do have good for the game, though. That was there at the game. Uh it says it was a great atmosphere, so, um, yeah, jealous of that. That would have been <laughs> amazing. Uh, but, yeah, comments in there as well about the Lions making the final, the big dance for so many years in a row, and now not even making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I heard a lot that people are actually happy that this has happened. Happy that the competition has evolved to the point of saying of seeing something different. Is a big example there that those guys are actually pushing um, up for higher honours as well. They're not seeing the same old. I think people are sick of maybe seeing the Lions of the Crusaders in the final. So it's evolving, it's changing, and the Lions are gone.
0: They are gone, um, and they've just lost too many talented players, and they're losing more at the end of this season as well. Uh, so that, that's their problem. They just they're just hemorrhaging players to to Europe. Uh, which um is obviously a problem for South Africa full stop but has been a particular problem um for the uh uh for the for the Lions. Uh, apparently the only one true enemy for the Bulls and that's the Stormers. So um an unbiased rugby is a Bulls fan so uh, he will know. But for me, I don't know, it just it's perhaps the Lions is the little brother of the um uh, of, of of the Bulls who have been the more successful side uh in Super Rugby at least. Um so um so for me, yeah. Anyway, there we go. Uh but um yeah, it'll be. It's you got to wonder. Yeah, how are the lines going to come back from this? I think it's, to, I think it's a years thing uh, to rebuild the the stock of players. Uh, and the problem is if they if they keep losing players, they're never going to do that.
1: And it's the fact that it's, it's a recycling thing, isn't it? We we all talked about it when they're at their prime, how they built up that team, um, you know, through the young guys, through the Curry Cup, and they they built this the squad and they pushed them all the way through, kept the quality all the way through. It needs to start again. And it needed to start again when they got to to the Lions when they got to their Super Rugby level they needed to go back and say hey this is phase two let's start again and then when those guys start to drop off you've got the next wave but doesn't seem like that's happened um, of course a lot of changes way up top so obviously there those ideas and, and and practices are gone but that has to keep evolving it has to keep changing it has to keep rotating and that's how you keep it at the top of the game and look look at the Crusaders look they have injuries they have players there all the time and they just roll them out. It just keeps on going through. And it, it's it's you gotta say a highlight of, of New Zealand rugby that they can do that, um, with the talent that's there and push players out there at that level that other other franchises, other countries have struggled with. But I think Argentina's got the good deal, they've got it sorted out, and um yeah, it needs to if they can all do that, goodness me, we'll have an amazing competition.
0: Yeah, amazing it, but you can already see with the Crusaders, right? You know, Quaddy's leaving. Um, and so you're looking at that and going, Well, yep, yeah, the, the midfield combination for next year is Goodhue and, and Braden and all. It's already there. Exactly. We, we, yeah. only, we already know what it is. Um, uh, whereas you look at other teams and go, right? Who's it's it's... off? What's What's next? I mean, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Blues are a priming example, but and what the Blues should be is TJ Fiani and Manu, who is currently the Chiefs, the, the Auckland midfield combination. Um, but we'll see if they can do that. But um, uh, but yeah, but you look at some of the, the the South African side, and you you don't know what it's going to be. Um, I, admittedly, I'm not as close with those teams as like I am with the New Zealand ones, but. Um, but as I say, with the New Zealand ones, you generally can see what it's going to be uh, a year out already.
1: Yeah, I think South Africa does keep their cards a lot closer with the Curry Cup going through mm-hmm. that division. They don't try and probably push a lot of those guys out of it until they need to or want to in that case. Whereas I think down here, the minor team Cup to Super Rugby probably is a bigger gap. Uh, some may argue, but uh, yeah, you, you wouldn't want guys to go straight up to that starting line, you've got to, you've got to f- flesh them through as a fact, so yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years, uh, for South Africa, but it's, it's still good, um, that they got a couple of teams in those finals. Um, and all we can say is, what's going well, on, Australia? What's going on? The well, yeah, are all but alone, I mean,
0: that's what until this, it, even up to the last weekend, we were thinking, you know, we they, they could be forced African teams in the finals, yeah, um, if things and uh, yeah, so that's. It, the South African conference has been has been competitive this year. No two ways about it. Um, it's taken a real big last minute run from the from the from the Chiefs and to the to the Highlanders to a certain degree to get in there. Um, and uh, it's definitely much more competitive. But as you say, Australia. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they've got a lot to improve on. But hey, it's good for. I, I'm delighted for South rugby, which is amazing um, that they're actually up there kicking it with the with the top of the pops again. So awesome. And that is it. Yeah, I mean, for round four, 18. Four,
0: four, out, four out the bottom five teams are from the Australia Conference: Rebels, Waratahs, you've got <laughs> the Blues, Reds, and Um, Yeah, you, the, um, the the bull. I mean, the Lions and Storms only missed out on the playoffs by one point each. Um, they're both on thirty-five points, one point behind the Chiefs and the Highland, Highlanders. So you've got to say, yeah, competitive. That top ten is competitive, but uh, your problem is that other conference.
1: Yeah, so we'll, we'll just stitch them off. and they can float away, and uh, we'll move on from there. But that is us anyway. We won't ramble on and and spend everyone else's night uh, too long. Round 18 of Super Rugby. Um, Thanks, everyone, for joining in, and I'll I'll leave to Paul to to wrap us all up in an eloquent way
0: eloquent oh my word how, how do i be eloquent um thank <laughs> you for joining us it's been absolutely um it's been an absolute pleasure bringing you these we will be back after the quarterfinals semifinals and also final um so don't go away don't think just because around robin's over that we won't be here on a monday night yes we will um thank you everyone who's been in the chat it's been fantastic to see you all there uh it's, it's great to have you all back every week it's wonderful um loving your work don't forget subscribe down there is how you um uh, and and in the comments below, driving uh, patreon.com forward slash driving mall is how you support the channel um, and exclusive videos on there. The exclusive video this week is going to be looking at the percentage of teams that make the playoffs in each um, in each league and what that means for each league and, and how, they're, how that league kind of happens. Over there, obviously, you know, those old video things that the artificial intelligence says you'll love. So click on them too. Cheers. Good night. And there's no off button. So I don't know how I'm going to stop this video. But hey, bye we'll just go on all night we will we'll go all night until Next it runs topic. i think it's i think 48 hours is the is the is the is, is the limit that you can do for a live stream so let's
1: keep going <laughs> sweet only 47 and a half to go no worries